0: Welcome to the Candida Chronicles with our host Michael Biamonte, certified clinical nutritionist. In this podcast, Michael will answer your questions and reveal the shocking truth that the cause of most chronic ailments is not what you've been told. The source is Candida, a yeast overgrowth which, when it becomes systemic, can cause all sorts of seemingly unrelated ailments such as chronic fatigue syndrome and even weight gain for more information on how Michael can help you, please visit healthtruth.com. That's health-truth.com or phone his office at 212-587-2330. And now, without further ado, Michael Biamonte.
1: And hello everyone, this is Michael Biamonte. Today we're going to be discussing allergies. Um, we're going to discuss them in relation to candida and leaky gut. There's a reference for this, um, this podcast today, which is in an article that I've written and this article is entitled, The Anatomy and Progression of Allergies. It's an interesting article because it takes you through how allergies would usually come about in the average person. Now, this does not hold true in every case, but some some part of this progression would hold true. Very typically, uh, an allergy begins with a disruption in the intestinal flora. So we could say that the allergy begins with dysbiosis. Now how this occurs is because the friendly bacteria in the intestinal tract acts to regulate the immune response there and the immune response and reactions to different chemicals, foods, anything that's essentially ingested that ends up in the intestinal tract. Yeasts and bacteria and parasites and all of these bad things interreact with foods and substances which are found in the intestinal tract and their interreaction often causes some type of immune response or inflammation and that is what the body's immune system then reacts to as an allergy. Just the mere fact that yeast cells, when they encounter uh, sugars and carbohydrates and things that they can eat, will do so and eat these sugars and then produce the waste products of their metabolism, which your immune system in the intestinal tract reacts to, is the basis of allergies in the person with candida. The next step that we would assume would happen would be that the person develops the condition of leaky gut syndrome, which is also called intestinal permeability. Now, in this condition, the intestinal lining becomes thinned, the protective barrier there is, is damaged, Um, You could think of it as being too porous. The intestinal tract in certain areas becomes too thin and too porous. This allows anything which is in the intestinal tract, but particularly microorganisms and then improperly digested proteins to enter the bloodstream and cause autoimmune reactions. Now, it's sort of been dictated on the internet, and I'm not sure by who, or when, or why, but it's been dictated that leaky gut syndrome occurs in everyone with candida, and therefore is the reason why everyone with candida has allergies. Well, this turns out actually not to be true at all. It's common that it occurs in people with candida. But there's no guarantee that a candida patient has leaky gut. It seems logical that they would, but when you actually test them, you find out that perhaps half of the people who postulate having leaky gut, theorize having it, actually do when you do the testing. So it's something that you don't take for granted because it's just not true. When you have leaky gut, there's definitely a very precise way to handle it, which begins with testing for it. But again, not everyone has it. So in a case where a person doesn't have leaky gut, we move on to the next steps of why allergies occur. When someone does, the first thing we do is repair the mucin lining. The mucin lining is the first thing that's damaged or compromised when one has leaky gut. Mucins can be thought of as a like a protective wax layer, which would be on your floor, your wooden floor, or when you would wax your car. You have a protective layer, which is your first barrier there, and that's what the mucin layer is, essentially. Then after that point, different substances, like glutamine, butyric acid, um, various other types of proteins, can be used to help the intestinal tract regenerate itself. The parotid gland is an interesting gland because it's involved in allergies. The parotid gland is the largest salivary gland, and it uh, has jobs other than just producing saliva. Its main job is to tag, is how we used to refer to it, tag and identify for the immune system all foreign bodies that come in the mouth in order to explain to the body if this is an invading germ, a toxin versus a substance which should be welcomed like a nutrient. The parotid gland can become underactive or overactive in this identification process and can then be involved in autoimmune reactions. Particularly the parotid gland is most recognized in being involved with um, Hashimoto's which is an immune attack on the thyroid gland. For years, we've given patients with Hashimoto's thy- uh, parotid extract with great results. We've seen, in most cases, thyroid antibodies drop to normal within a few months of taking parotid tissue. So the parotid was a, is another aspect of why the allergy occurs. It's a malfunctioning parotid gland. We also have the histamine attack, which occurs, And it's the liver's job, essentially, to nullify the histamine. People are having histamine reactions all day long, and the people who have a good liver and a good adrenal function never are aware. They're nonetheless observant of these histamine reactions because their liver and their adrenal glands very quickly detoxify the reaction so that It doesn't leave behind the inflammatory track or pathway, which then creates so many of the allergic reactions that we're used to experiencing. But it's normal for people to be having a a histamine reactions throughout the day, but yet not be aware of it as they would when they were heightened in an allergy or a flu or a cold. So this brings us to the liver and the adrenals as the next stop. The adrenals produce cortisol, which in many patients is a problem, but in this case is actually how the body begins to dampen or reduce the allergic reaction. Cortisol, as an (coughs) anti-inflammatory, helps to reduce that inflammation response. The liver helps to detoxify the histamine, so the reaction doesn't necessarily go any further. When we're looking at hyperimmune response, we're looking at the thyroid uh, and adrenal versus the thymus gland. Uh, Adrenal and thyroid function balance the thymus gland. The thymus is known as the master immune gland in the body when the thymus gland becomes overactive we have overactivity of the immune system and we have all types of autoimmune expression in the body Mm -hmm. it's the balance really between the thymus gland and the adrenal which is the most important when you're dealing with the immune system the thymus gland is like the 24 hour on guard century for the immune system where the adrenal glands react to the immune to the immune response in a more sudden or stress-like way. When the adrenals stress, they become underfunctioned. when they're in a normal functional state and they become aware of some type of uh, allergic or immune activity, they become hyper, to stimulate the thymus gland to do its thing. The thymus would normally be on in the background, sort of like a default mechanism dealing with any type of immune threats. So you could say that it's the constant alarm state of the thymus gland that ultimately is responsible for a lot of the allergic states people are in. This is why when you look through different um, periodicals and and books and articles and whatnot on allergies, the resounding element that you find is that in natural health, the adrenal glands are always focused in on when you have allergies. People with chronic allergies are told to take vitamin C, which of course is a major nutrient for the adrenals. They're told to take pentothenic acid, again a major vitamin for the adrenals that helps the adrenals make cortisol and that's also involved in energy producing cycles in the adrenals so doing something to stimulate the adrenals and activate them is often used as a solution or cure to the allergy state because the adrenals reduce the allergy reaction and the adrenals balance the thymus gland much like they were both on a see- one, I'm sorry, they were on a seesaw, one on one end and another on another end. When the adrenal glands are properly functioning, they're producing cortisol, cortisone, prednisone—that entire family of hormones—which balance or suppress excessive activity of the thymus gland or the immune system. This is why, in different types of immune diseases, autoimmune diseases. Uh, and other illnesses like leukemia, where the white blood count elevates and there's many signs of hyperimmune response. Adrenal steroids are used to balance that response. They're often treated with prednisone. Well, this is the same, in, in fact, theory behind what we're talking about now. Is What the doctor's doing is he's using the Adrenal medication to balance or suppress the hyperactivity of the thymus gland and the immune system. Similar concept to what is done in natural health, only in natural health it's done more with nutrients. So when we're addressing the allergic person, the first thing we'd be looking at would be their dysbiosis. We're looking at any leaky gut that's there that needs to be corrected, having their flora balanced, their digestion restored, because undigested proteins are another key in how you have allergies. If your body doesn't properly digest the food, digest the proteins, and these proteins are allowed to enter your bloodstream due to a leaky gut, or due to any reason, this sets off the allergic response. We'd next be looking at in phase three and four, restoring parotid function, adrenal function, and liver function, and then balancing the access between the adrenals and the thyroid. This could be expected to take quite a few months, but nonetheless is what we would do in the next sequence. (laughs) So when you're dealing with correcting someone's allergies, you have someone with chronic allergies, first thing you look at is their gut flora. You assess the gut flora, you want to kill bad flora, which would be yeast parasites, bacteria, and then reimplant their good flora. So a basic candida handling or intestinal cleanse or however you may know of this activity is the first thing that you do. The first thing you, you do not do is give them probiotics. Because if they have probiotics, they may react allergically to the probiotics. And you do not give probiotics in the beginning of any type of dysbiosis or candida treatment anyway because the probiotics are going to fail to stick to the intestinal lining as long as the person has bad flora and candida. This is one of the, uh, one of the basic tenets of the entire Biamatti method of treating candida. If you give probiotics, when you come to that point in phase two part B, the person who takes probiotics at the beginning of a candida treatment, is someone who is grossly misinformed. So when we have the flora corrected, we then look to phase three to restore parotid function, which is as simple as giving the person a parotid gland supplement. We then want to enhance liver function, which could be done in many ways. There are many different supplements out there and many procedures which help the liver function better to balance that histamine out. And then we're looking at balancing the axis, as we call it, between the adrenal thyroid and the thymus gland. And again, you can, have, you can assess this in many different ways. Some doctors do it with blood work. Some do it with hair mineral analysis. Some do it with kinesiology, which is a very popular method to do, of doing it. Whatever the method that you use, you must achieve a good balance between the adrenal and thyroid amongst themselves, and then the adrenal and thyroid together versus the thymus gland. Now, I mention this because this is something which is commonly overlooked, is that the adrenal and the the, uh, thyroid gland both have to be in a correct balance to each other. Very often, if someone has a thyroid problem and they only treat the thyroid problem without trying to help balance the adrenals in this equation, they don't get a full response. Sometimes people feel worse when they take thyroid without taking some adrenal support and vice versa. Taking adrenal support without thyroid also makes people feel worse. So when you're addressing the adrenal and thyroid, you must address them together and you must understand there's a balance between the two. So when you're addressing them to rehabilitate them, you must be rehabilitating them in a a sense that is within the balance of each other. Then, when you have the adrenal and the thyroid glands balanced, you then balance that group against the thymus gland, the spleen, and the lymphatic tissue, which makes up the parasympathetic part of the immune system. And when that is done, as I said, there are different methods of assessing that, Typically, it's going to be done by giving the person nutrients that either enhance the adrenal and thyroid in, a, in an effort to depress excess thymus, or the other way around. You would give the person a program to enhance the thymus gland in order to suppress excess adrenal and thyroid function. In, in, any, in any way, once that's done, that essentially is the end stage of dealing with the anatomy and the progression of the allergy, because that's kind of where the buck stops. Now you could, in between here, be taking many different nutrients, which are uh, antioxidant scavengers. Um, There's a host of things that one could do, which does help control the symptoms at a cellular level. There's taking vitamin C. There's taking quercetin and all the uh, antioxidants. There's taking large amounts of pentothenic acid taking vitamin C itself and vitamin B6 together as an antihistamine. There's a host of things you can do that supplement this activity. But you must understand the most important activity is the road through dealing with these different stages of the allergy itself. If you hobby horse and only address one stage because you happen to be particularly good at that, you have an incomplete handling. The person is going to retain their allergies. It's a a great thing to us at the Biamonte Center when we hear from highly allergic people who come to us that they now can go outside, they don't have any problems with reactions, they're now eating more foods because their allergic reactions are less, etc., etc. This shows us our program is working correctly. There is a difference between airborne allergens and food allergies, it's quite a difference, actually. In the case of airborne allergens, what you're dealing with, which is more out of balance, is typically the adrenal gland and the thyroid gland in the liver, and also the parotid, as opposed to it being intestinal flora-related. Food allergies are usually more intestinal flora-related and relate to weakened digestion, which allows foods, particularly proteins, to be incompletely digested. On the endocrine test, that you do as part of the Biamatti Center test, you will find an indican uh, tube for you to perform, and this is the part of the test which would be reacting if the person was not properly digesting their proteins. You would have a high level of indican, which indicates a toxic intestinal tract, intestinal, intestinal tract which is now toxic from undigested proteins. This heightens that whole autoimmune response that we talk about when we talk about allergies. So there is a difference when we look at the allergies from the airborne viewpoint from, as opposed to digestive. Ultimately, it's all the same material. As you go through this pathway that I've opened up for you, whether it's an airborne allergen or a food allergy, it's ultimately the same thing. It's just that some of the mechanisms are a bit different. But you're dealing with the same overall process taking place. In dealing with the airborne allergen, you're dealing a little bit more with the balance between the adrenal and the thymus gland, and not so much the digestive system, because it's not the digestive system that's immediately at fault in that case. But the interesting thing is you will find that people who have hay fever... And many airborne allergens do have history or indications of chronic digestive problems, particularly low stomach acid. They very often have rashes like eczema, hives. It's not unusual for for them to experience hives at times or for them to get a light uh, light sort of a red inflammation, let's say, that will appear on their chest that could be there for a few hours and then uh, dissipate. It's not ever really a rash where the skin becomes damaged or it becomes dry and crusty or oozes or anything like that. It's more of an irritation that you'll see. And this is more typical in the person with the airborne allergy part of the process. Well, I think that will be the end of today's podcast. I think that we've covered this pretty well. We've gone through the steps and what the treatment would be. So if you, anyone has any question on this, they can certainly email me at drb at health-truth.com. That's drb at health-truth.com. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this discussion on allergies was helpful and useful. You can, ref, you can um, go to the health-truth.com website and refer to the article, which is called The Anatomy and Progression of Allergies. In order to go over this again, or if you want to have a sort of a checklist on how one would deal with this, that article serves very well as a checklist. And again, good night, and we will speak to you at the next podcast.
0: That's a wrap for this episode of the Candida Chronicles featuring Michael Biamonte, certified clinical nutritionist. Michael holds a doctorate of neutropathy and is a New York State certified clinical nutritionist. He is a professional member of the International and American Association of Clinical Nutritionists and of the American College of Nutrition. And he's a member of the Scientific Advisory Board for the Clinical Nutrition Certification Board. For more information on how Michael can help you, please visit health that's health-truth.com, or phone his office at 212-587-2330. Welcome to the Candida